Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two, one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans. Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing, nothing but pure sports. Welcome, everybody, to FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fitoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on Twitter, at PFitoff. So for episode 68 today, this is going to be a special podcast. I'm going to be, obviously, it's going to be affiliated with Notre Dame. I want to compare Notre Dame football post-1993 season, early year 94, so January 1st, 1994, to Indiana men's basketball post-1993 season, even going into the 94 season. Uh, How, if you want to call it a curse, bad luck, 30 years of ups and downs, but it's very eerie how since that time period, they've had similar uh, successes and failures. And also prior to this time period, from 87 to 93, they are probably, this was their last, so I don't know if you want to call it a dynasty, but this was the last time that they were in a a dominant type of uh, presence is what I'm trying to say. So let's get, so Notre Dame football. Coach Holtz takes uh, over in 1986. That team finishes five and six, but they're highly competitive uh, for all those games. 87, they start to turn the corner. They start out eight and one. They kind of hit a a tailspin at the end of the year. They lose a heartbreaker to Penn State. They get killed at Miami, and then they get killed in the Cotton Bowl against Texas A&M, who comes in. They came in at ranked 13th. We finished the year eight and four. Uh, off the Cotton Bowl loss and finished 17th overall. 1988, our last national title. Hopefully it's not the last in my lifetime. 12-0, number one in the AP, coaches poll. We win the Fiesta Bowl over a number three West Virginia team, 34-21, and it wasn't even that close. I was 13 years old. I have a pretty good memory, and that score is very misleading. 1989, we lose to Miami uh, last game of the season. We end up playing in the Orange Bowl against number one Colorado. Even though the score is somewhat close to me, we dominated that game as well. We went 21 to 6, finished number two in the AP poll, number three in the coaches poll, 12 and 1 overall. 1990, not the best record, 9 and 3, but finished number six in the AP coaches poll. We lose a heartbreaker to Colorado. We have a rematch from the following year. They come in at number one. Uh, in the nation, we lose 10 to nine. That's the game. Rocket Ismail uh, had that punt return for a touchdown that would have won the game for us. Gets called back on a clipping call. I know I'm a fan, but I don't think that should have been called, but I digress. 1991, 10 and three. We finish, we finished 13 in the coat or the AP 12 in the coaches poll. That was the game where a lot of people didn't think Notre Dame should be playing a number three ranked Florida team, great Florida team uh, that was. And there was a uh, waiter that went up to Coach Holtz to say, what's the difference between Cheerios and Notre Dame? And he said, Cheerios belong in a big bowl and not Notre Dame. Coach Holtz said he didn't tip the waiter. Uh, Who knows if that happened, but I digress. Notre Dame uh, trails... uh, I think by at least 17 points early on in the game or around that margin. That's when Jerome Bettis went off in the second half. We win 39 to 28 over a great number three ranked Florida team to win the Sugar Bowl. 1992 finished 10-1-1. and 
Number fourth in the AP poll, number four in the coaches poll, we annihilate Texas A&M in the Cotton Bowl, 28 to three. Had we not just had that one bad game against Stanford that year, the, our, our only loss, and we had a tie against Michigan, to me, that was the most talented team Coach Holtz had, especially the backfield, Rick Meyer at quarterback, Reggie Brooks at tailback, and then Jerome Bettis at fullback. Just a great, his most talented team, according to my opinion. 1993, we ended up beating the number one Florida State team. The next week is finals week. The team is kind of gassed from just an emotional uh, win the previous week, and it's finals week. They end up getting uh, upset by Boston College to finish uh, with their only loss of the season. Uh, Florida State ends up winning the national title that year, despite us winning the head-to-head battle. Uh, we finished number two in the coaches and AP poll. We beat Texas A&M for the second year in a row in the Cotton Bowl, a little bit closer this time. Uh, they came in ranked number seven, and we went 24 to 21. So take away the 87 season, still trying to find our groove. From 88 to 90, 88 to the 93 season, the 94 new year, because that Cotton Bowl was played January 1st, 1994. We win the Fiesta Bowl. We win the Orange Bowl. We win the Sugar Bowl. And we win the Cotton Bowl twice. The only loss we had was that heartbreaker, 10 to 9 loss to a number one Colorado team that won the national title that year. And if that if that uh, call doesn't get called back against Rocket, we probably finish three or four, and we finish six and zero in bowls. But during that span, five and one in big bowls, and those are bowls that we would consider now New Year's Six bowls, BCS bowls. The bigger bowls is what I'm trying to say. And after that, so we win the Cotton Bowl in 1994. We would not win another bowl until December 24th, 2008. So you're going into the 2009 New Year. So it would be 15 years later. We would finally win the Hawaii Bowl of all bowls and uh, break that losing streak. And during that span, so let's let me just real quick here. So starting in 95, or I'm sorry, yeah, 1995. These will all be pretty much New Year, New Year's games. Uh, we lose to Colorado in the uh, Fiesta Bowl. Next year we heartbreaker 31 to 26 in the Orange Bowl to Florida State, but then we lose uh, the Independence Bowl, the Gator Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Gator Bowl again, Insight Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Finally won the Hawaii Bowl. Then we won the Sun Bowl. That's Coach Kelly's first year. We lose the Champ Sports Bowl. We lose the BCS National Title Game. We win the Pinstripe Bowl. As you can see, we're not winning these high-end bowls. Music City Bowl, that was a decent win. That was Leonard Fournette's uh, first year at LSU. It was over an SEC team. Uh, LSU, as I said before, that was a good game. Uh, we beat LSU 31-28, but then the next year, we lose to Ohio State 34-28 or 44 to 28 in the Fiesta Bowl. Then we win the Citrus Bowl in 2018. Then we end up making the playoffs, which is a good, a great achievement. But we lose 30 to three in the Cotton Bowl to Trevor Lawrence as a freshman to Clemson when they won the national title that year. Then we win the Camping Bowl, back to the playoffs, lose to the in the Rose Bowl to Alabama, who won the national title that year. So I guess you could say. When we lost those big bowls in the playoffs, at least we lost to the national title. But still, we got we got our asses handed to us, more or less. Uh, Fiesta Bowl. This, I, I just noticed this. 
so we won the Gator Bowl this year, but then last year when Marcus Freeman took over, Coach Kelly resigned. Marcus Freeman coached the, the bowl game. We're up by 21 points to Oklahoma State. <laughs> Excuse me, still getting over this cold. We end up losing that 21-point lead, lose a heartbreaker 37-35 to in the Fiesta Bowl. That is the closest we've come to winning one of these big bowls, you know, the old BCS bowls, the current New Year's Six Bowls. So in the past, let's just say 30 years, there's only been one time we've come pretty close to winning one of these big bowls. And our record, the 22 bowls we've been in since 1994, the last big bowl we won, 7-15. and 15. So let's go to IU, 87-93. to 87, they won the national title over Syracuse. They were Big Ten champs. 88, they didn't repeat. Kind of a rebuilding year somewhat, but they finished seventh in the Big Ten. Lost in the first round of the tournament to Richmond. 89, they win the Big Ten. They lose in the Sweet 16 to Seton Hall. 1990, which was Coach Knight's uh, first... Uh, let me take a step back real quick. I... I I, won't, I forgot about this. I The reason I'm mentioning IU and ND, I was still, I still follow Indiana basketball somewhat. But as a kid, I grew up close to the Indiana border. So Notre Dame was my college team and I rooted for them in everything. However, uh, for men's basketball, we grew up really close to the Indiana border. So we got all the local stations for Fort Wayne. So we got the local CBS, NBC, and ABC stations for Fort Wayne. And during that time, if Indiana wasn't uh, playing on the weekend, that was typically an ESPN or CBS game. The local affiliate affiliate would somehow connect with Raycom Sports. So we got all those Raycom Sports games during the week. So I saw a little Indiana basketball. I was a Coach Knight fan at the time. Not so much anymore after hearing some things. My dad was a uh, uh, pretty big fan of his as well. And so we would follow Indiana basketball also. But when they played Notre Dame... Obviously, I'd be rooting for Notre Dame. So I just want to kind of give you that background knowledge. That's why uh, I followed Indiana basketball and so-called my second favorite uh, team, especially in basketball. But it was always Notre Dame when they went head to head. So back to 1990, Coach Holtz, he uh, that was his best recruiting class. That was Lawrence Funderburg before he quit and went to uh, Ohio State. But you had Calbert Chaney, Pat, Gra Pat Graham, Gray Graham. Who else was on that team? Chris Reynolds, uh, so many, Calbert Chaney. So that was, they were trying to figure some stuff out there. They lost in the first round and finished seventh in the uh, in the Big Ten because there was no, it, and when I say Big Ten championship, it was just the regular season. There was no Big Ten tournament at that time. That didn't start until 1998, I believe. So 1991, COVID champs, Big Ten champs, with Ohio State. Those are those great Jimmy Jackson teams. They lost to Kansas in the Sweet 16. 1992, they finished second in the Big Ten to OSU, but they go to the Final Four and lose to Duke, who ends up winning the national title for the second year in a row. 1993, Big Ten champs. They lose to Kansas, who was playing out of their mind that day in the Elite Eight. However, if Indiana, and Dick Vitale has always said that this, if Allen Henderson had been on, well, he was on the team, but he was fighting off a uh, a nagging knee injury. 
Had he been 100% for Notre Dame or for Indiana during that time, they win the national title. Dick Vitale's always said that. I agree too. The national title, no, nothing against North Carolina, but I'm sorry, North Carolina, if Allen Henderson's healthy, Indiana wins the national title in 1993 in New Orleans again when they won it in 87. We would have had an all Big Ten uh, final. Uh, it would have been Indiana against the Fab Five uh, for the 1993 title. And then in 1994, they did. Uh, they did go back to the Sweet 16, but a lot of that 93 senior class was gone. So 87 to 93, 94, same with Notre Dame, 87 to 93, early 94. That was the last really big run uh, for these two programs. It was a hell of a stretch too. I would consider that a Notre Dame dynasty at the time. And even, I know Bobby Knight had other dynasties, you know, in the 70s, early 80s. But that was the last great run for these two programs. Hopefully you have another good run. But if you look at Indiana, during that time, post-94, uh, they've made this, or let's just say post-93, they've only made the Sweet 16 five times. 94, still some carryovers from that great 93 team. 2002, that team had a great run. They made it to the, that was Mike Davis after he took over for Bobby Knight after he got fired. They beat uh, Duke in the Sweet 16, that team with Carlos Boozer, Jay Williams, Mike Dunleavy. Uh, that was a great one of the greatest upsets I've seen in the tournament. They make it to the uh, championship game against Maryland. But during that game, I just never felt Indian had a chance to win. And Maryland, I think they won by a little over 10 points for that game. Uh, they also made the Sweet 16 in 2012, 2013, and 2016 uh, with Coach Tom Crean. He reminds me very similar to Coach Kelly. Always could get them close, but never over the hump. So for those 2012 to 2016 teams, uh, they even won. So let's let's just take a step back to uh, 2002. They tied for the Big Ten title with Illinois and Wisconsin. Regular season title, not the Big Ten tournament title. And then 2013, they had an outright regular season title. And 2016, an outright uh, regular season title as well. They've only made the Big Ten tournament finals one year, 2001 against Iowa, and they lost. Ironically, the coach for Iowa was Steve Alford, great Indiana player who's part of that 87 national title team. So what I'm trying to say is post 93-94, they've only won three Big Ten titles, regular season. They've never won a Big Ten tournament title. And they've gone to one Final Four in 2002 and lost to Maryland in the national title game. So back to, you know, Tom Crean, 2012 to 2016. Seemed like they were getting close, but they just couldn't get over the hump. For Coach Kelly, yes, the 2012 team made it to the national title, but that team was outmatched against Alabama. But it seemed like we were getting close from 2017 to 2021. We were in the playoffs in 2018, but got killed by Clemson, who ended up winning the national title. And then in 2020, we ended up, we only lost 31 to 14 in the Rose Bowl to Alabama, but we still were outmatched in some sort of a way. And uh, yeah, it, it, we, but the thing was too, at least as I mentioned earlier, at least those teams against that we lost to in the playoffs ended up winning the national title, but still we're not winning the national title. And that was, that's what I'm trying to get at. Post 1993 and that early 1994, uh, Cotton Bowl uh, victory. That's the last big bowl we've won. 
we came close in 2021 season, 2022, when Marcus Freeman took over, lost that 21-point lead, lose by two in the Fiesta Bowl. And here's the thing, too. Here's kind of the last thing off. Well, let's let's take another step back. We really haven't had a Hall of Fame coach since then either. Yes, Brian Kelly did some good things. Tom Crean did some good things for Indiana. But I wouldn't consider them, you know, better than Lou Holtz or Bobby Knight. And Lou Holtz, you know, was the, the administration, kind of what they're doing with Marcus Freeman right now, not giving him, in my opinion and other people's opinions too, giving him the tools necessary to succeed. They started doing that to Lou Holtz. He resigned. And what have we been stuck with the last 30 years? And I think, though, too, the only thing is, though, had Lou Holtz been given the resources to succeed in those uh, proceeding years, post, you know, 93, 94, and then he ended up retiring from Notre Dame or resigning from Notre Dame in 96, he would have had to change his philosophy offensively. No way could you use the option to compete in today's game and even 20 years ago because the last team to compete running the option was the 2001 Nebraska team with Eric Crouch. And they ended up getting blitzed in the Rose Bowl uh, to Miami because everybody started using that spread, even pro-style offense. So it would have been interesting to see if Coach Holtz, would he have been a bullhead and said, no, we're going to run the option no matter what. I think he would have had to adapt – uh, in order to succeed in the future years. And then with Coach Knight, the that administration in his later years was just tired of his, you know, antics. Yes, he would win in those other years, but he's post-94, like in 95, first round, they were bouncing out of the first round of the NCAA tournament. 96, 97, uh, 98, and 99, they made it to round two. But then in 2000, first round of the NCAA tournament. I can consider his end years at Indiana, very similar to Woody Hayes, even though Woody Hayes was way before my time. He, you know, was, whether it was, I don't want to say abusing players, but just, I, let's just say his antics, treating players, treating uh, various uh, personnel. But once he started to lose, and then once he hit the kid from Clemson, Ohio State finally had a reason to fire him. Yes, he was pretty much untouchable prior to that, but hitting that player from Clemson, but now he's losing too. It was just a perfect storm to dismiss him of his duties. Similar to Coach Knight, they started getting more and more dirt, dirt on him. You know, the Neil Reed choking incident and everything else. And, the, and the, the the president at that time, Miles Brand, who was also running the NCAA at the time, he had just had it. And they started putting, you know, two and two, the perfect storm together. He's not winning. We got dirt on him. It's time for him to go. So what I'm just trying to say is we just haven't had same Notre Dame football, the last great coach, Lou Holtz, Indiana men's basketball, uh, coach Bobby Knight. And I'll leave it with this right here. We've also had two of these so-called, I call them second comings. During this time, Notre Dame, Ron Paulus, Bino Cook said he'd win two Heisman trophies, not even close. He, in my opinion, he never should have went to Notre Dame. He's a passing quarterback. And as I mentioned earlier, Lou Holtz was still running that option quarterback uh, style uh, for the most part. Yeah, we would throw uh, once in a while, but that was not a great system in all fairness for Ron Paulus uh, to go to that, uh, even though he's on my shit list right now too, because him and Jack Swarbrick, I just don't think they're giving Coach Kelly the tools to succeed 
uh, the athletic department that is in the administration. But Ron Paul's was supposed to be this great, you know, second coming heir apparent. Never won a bowl. Never came close to a national title. Never came close to a Heisman. And never really uh, came close to making it in the NFL. Never even made a team from what I know. And for Indiana, the person I'm going to name here too as their so-called heir apparent, second coming, Damon Bailey. He was recruited by Bobby Knight in the eighth grade to come to Indiana. And I will at least say with Damon Bailey, he had a solid career. It wasn't a bust, total bust like Ron Paulus, but it wasn't anything. It, he would he wasn't a Calvert Cheney or Steve Alford even that he, I think he did make a third team All-American list his senior year. And he ended up getting drafted in the second round by the Pacers, but he was nowhere close to what they were projecting him to be. And all fairness to him, he was 6'3 or 6'4. He went to a somewhat of a smaller school in Indiana. They did win an, uh, a uh, state championship though, but he, he got a lot of his points uh, in the post. He played a lot of, uh, he wasn't like a true center, obviously, but a lot of his posts were down in the paint, in the post. And once you went to college, everybody was so much bigger. He had to pretty much either be a shooting guard or a point guard for his main position in college. He couldn't get those, uh, those points like he did in high school is what I'm trying to say. So Notre Dame football had Ron Paulus, Indiana men's basketball had Damon Bailey. So I just leave it with you here. I just wanted to do this episode too because we have the March Madness coming up and Indiana's the fourth seed. I like having them going into the Sweet 16 right now until they can actually get over that hump. I, I just don't see it right now. Kind of an up and down year. Uh, to me, the Big Ten's not the greatest this year either. So I'm hoping with Coach Freeman, we can finally turn that corner where the 87 to 93 time period is not an anomaly or our last great run at Notre Dame football. And same thing with Indiana uh, basketball. I don't follow them like I did as a kid. I, I don't get the games like I used to. Granted, they're on either the Big Ten Network or it was just as a kid. Once you go through the local stations, you would always just see them. So that was, it made it easier for me to follow them as well. It's just, are they going to get post 87, 93 period as well? Because I can't say it enough. That was the last great time period for both programs, 87 to 93 or early 94, whatever you want to call it. It's just so eerie that both these programs that I followed, they just had this 30 years of whether it's a curse bad luck, whatever you want to call it. It's just very, I can't say that enough. Very eerie. Maybe we'll make this as the actual uh, podcast name for episode 68 here as Tim edits this, but you can go through the numbers. I, I think I've pretty much uh, made my case in point here, but Notre Dame football, 87 to 93, little 94 in there. Indiana basketball, 87 to 93. It's been very eerily similar post that time period where they just cannot get over the hump a lot of bad luck or are they just cursed so thank you so much for joining for episode 68 and as always go irish